Hi, my name is Thomas Junot from the University of Ottawa, and I am here with Kristen Diwan of the Arab Gulf States Institute. Hi, Kristen. Hi, Thomas. How are you? Good. How are you? Uh, so today we figured that we would have a quick discussion on Qatar uh, to uh, start with providing an update on, on interesting developments there. Uh, there have been protests. Uh, can you tell us what is going on? Yeah, this is rather rare uh, in Qatar to see protests, to see this kind of political unrest. Um, and these came in advance, basically, or, or in response to the issuance of the electoral law. And, and this is the law that's being put in place and kind of giving um, the rules on who can participate and the different districting and how basically the elections for the Shura Council or the Advisory Council elections, which are going to take place in October. And these are elections that have been long, long promised, even since King Hammond came to power, you know, decades ago, um, but have never been held. Um, and when these electoral laws came out, it became clear that, you know, not all Qataris or people that consider themselves to be Qataris are going to be able to participate or have those political rights. Um, and it looks like they had um, a protest that, you know, smaller, small protests, but they did um, result in, I think, seven people being called before the, the public prosecutor. And can you tell us a bit about the, the implications of that, what it means? Yeah, well, let me explain a little bit how this came about. Um, I mean, this is really due to basically the the citizenship law that was issued at the same time that the Constitution was back in 2005, which really um, defines who is a Qatari. Um, so even back in 2005, it was clear that not everybody was going to have the same political rights. They basically set these tiers of citizenship. So those who came into residence in Qatar past 1930 and or left after that time and came back and really importantly then their descendants so this is the whole idea where basically if you have people who have come in later and are naturalized even their kids who could have been born there also naturalized don't have the same political rights so you have these like basically tiers of citizenship and this is a way i've called it um a, like gerrymandering citizenship we've seen this happen in a lot of gold countries we could talk about it in Bahrain, where they actually expanded the number of people and naturalized people in order to increase people that are doing uh, participating in politics. In Qatar here, this is a narrowing of those who can participate. And this is kind of a way, I guess, for the leadership to have more political control as they're trying to open up some kind of representative institutions. Um, but obviously, this is, uh, you know, sparks some, some protests and understandable um, frustration amongst people living in the country. And it's really calling into question, I think, the unity that was forged, you know, under the, you know, the current uh, tensions that Qatar has had with its neighboring countries. Um, you know, you had a lot of spread of nationalism and a lot of unity and support for the leadership. And now this is calling that a little bit in question and really dividing a bit the Qatari population. So we'll have to see how that plays out. And it kind of is uh, providing an opportunity and space for you know, the neighboring countries to 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 have, perhaps have some fun at Qatar's expense. Um, and we'll have to see then how Qatar is going to manage this. And, um, you know, I think they've said that they would like to expand over time participation, but that's obviously not the way that they have set things up starting out. So what, um, Thomas, maybe you can tell us a bit, we've looked inside Qatar now, how has Qatar been changing in terms of its international posture? I saw that the U.S. has been repositioning some bases and troops in Qatar, is that right? So the U.S. announced that some of its assets would move to Jordan. Um, it's not entirely clear to me exactly uh, 
what the reason behind that was. Uh, clearly, uh, Qatar will remain a, a very important partner for the U.S. A large American military presence will remain there. But the interesting question for me on 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 why that is happening uh, is has to be seen in the context of the, the growing frequency of incidents of Iran or non-state actors that Iran supports, the Houthis in Iraq, others in Iraq or in Syria, whereby they, they use missiles or drones provided by Iran uh, to target either American assets or Saudi infrastructure uh, or, or, or bases. Uh, we've seen that especially with the Houthis recently. Um, and and that, that clearly is a growing concern for the U.S., um, multiple recent incidents in Iraq. So whether that is the direct cause or the indirect cause, I'm not entirely sure, but it, it definitely is, is something to, to watch in terms of the U.S.-Qatar relationship, but more broadly, the U.S. posture in the region. And how about um, Qatar? You've also been looking at some interesting things happening with the Qatar um, attitude towards Yemen and their policy in Yemen. So Qatar's role in Yemen has been very interesting over the decades. It was involved a bit in the 2000s to try to position itself as a mediator with only limited success, annoyed Saudi Arabia, not surprisingly, in trying to do that. When Saudi intervened in 2015, Qatar was a key member of the coalition, but obviously withdrew in 2017 at the time of the blockade. Since then, it's been trying to inch back its way into uh, Yemen. It supports the, the Muslim Brotherhood-linked uh, party in Yemen, Islah. Um, the extent of that support is not clear. It's not major, but it's it's there. Um, Obviously, uh, that plays into the whole Qatar dispute with the UAE, because one of the key reasons why the UAE is in Yemen is to oppose the Muslim Brotherhood, as is as one, you know, one of the drivers of Emirati foreign policy elsewhere in the region. So for me, it's really interesting because I'm not sure what exactly Qatar is doing in Yemen, uh, but it's there and it fits into broader uh, games uh, in the region. And I think we'll have to stop there. But thanks a lot. Thank you. Nice talking.